Well, hey, it's good to see all of you guys. And uh, of course, I always want to welcome everyone from our, our Boynton campus and everyone from Church at Home, um, all over the world that's, you know, just tuning into this. It's just great to be uh, one church in all of these locations and just so proud of you guys, all the differences that we get to be, uh, just make a difference in the world all, all around us. And so um, I'm so excited about this series. We're talking about how to lead well because um, it's just something God put in my heart for a while. And one of the things that I wanted all of us to kind of understand in this series, and in week number three on this, but what I want everyone to understand is that you are a leader. That every single one of you, whether you're in middle school over here in our student section or high school or college, every one of us leads something or someone, right? It's a team. It's, a, it's an organization. It's a family. It's yourself, by the way, self-leadership, the most important leadership you'll ever do. Um, but all of us are leaders, and we all lead something uh, or, or, some, or someone. And one of the things I want us to understand is that we often miss the incredible power that God has given you as a leader. That your leadership, if you lead well, can transform your life and the lives around you. In fact, we're talking about moms. I mean, I know my life was transformed by my mom's leadership. Like, I know the example she set and the sacrifices she made and the choices that she made. That those decisions set my life on a different course. And so what I want us to understand is that you have incredible power with your leadership. How many stories have you heard or, or talked about or seen of someone that faced a tragedy and through making the right decisions, surrounding themselves with the right people, having the right faith, they transformed their life, they overcame things? How many have been influenced by incredible teachers or coaches that have poured in your life and their leadership impacted you? And so what I want us to understand is not just, oh, great, we're all leaders, but you need to see the power that your leadership has. That you can change your marriage, guys. You can change your emotions and how you feel. You can change the circumstances of your life. You can change how your company runs. You can change how your children turn out. Like your power that God has entrusted you, that if you will lead well, can have such an incredible impact. And I love that. Last week we talked about that your results are the result of your leadership. And that is a powerful tool because if you change the way you lead, you can change your life. And so the heart of this series is, is that all of us are leading, whether we realize it or not, or admit it or not. Every one of us are leading, but we're not all leading well. And so this series is really about to equip you, well, how can we become better leaders? And not just in business, in our marriages, in our families, in our own leading ourselves or leading the company, whatever it is that we're leading. And so the first two weeks, we kind of talked about this, and this was kind of a heartbeat of the first two weeks, is that if you want to lead well, that leaders help people see a better future, we're visionary. We have faith in God that God can change, that God can move circumstances in our lives. We believe the best in people and who they can be and what they can accomplish, right? But they don't just see a better future. They create a path for people to achieve a better future. In other words, that we don't just say, oh, you can do it. You can do it. Great leaders actually go, and here's how you do it. Like, how, you know, hey, here's, we believe you can have a better marriage. Great. And here's the steps you take. We believe you can actually do better when it comes to leading your company. And here's the strategy that you can implement in your life. And the idea is that we need to focus in on the how as leaders. We can't just tell people, believe, believe, you can do it, you can do it. Because if you get inspiration without the explanation of how to get there, then eventually people get frustrated. They don't make it to the end. It's like Google Maps. Imagine just showing a picture of the destination, but not giving you the steps how to get there. 
And if you want to lead your family well, if you want to lead people well, you got to do more than go, I believe in you and I love you and you can do it. you got to create the steps. And then we gave you three tools last week and I'm not going to explain them. You're going to have to go back uh, last week to, to kind of listen to this. And I just encourage you, please, if you missed any of these, you need to do this. This, this has been one of my favorite series because it just, it's, there's such power in uh, these things we're talking about in God's word if you apply them. And we just told you, you want to lead your family well or, or others well as well. Create a goal that is desirable and visible. They got to want it. You got to be, they got to be able to see it. Create steps that are clear and attainable. They got to believe they can do it. You can't make it too difficult or they'll quit. And lastly, create time for accountability and encouraging. They're not robots. You can't just say, go do it. You can do it and step out of their life. Great leaders find a way to encourage them when they're down, correct them when they drift, and to help them achieve, to lead them. That's what leadership is, right? Leading them to a place, a better place in their lives, who they can be, their marriages, their family, and all of those things. But today what I want to do is I want to talk to the third aspect of leadership. And to me, this is the one that actually, to me, is the most important. It's what I look to the most if I'm looking to a leader to follow. Um, to me, it's one of the most important things. And to me, it's also one of the most undervalued aspect of leadership. But anyone that's ever followed someone or been in a relationship with someone knows in the day, to me, this is the most powerful one of all the leadership. And so the first two weeks, what do we talked about? Hey, what great leaders see? Hey, we believe that God can do things and God can and God can work all things for good and God can transform your life. And there's amazing what God can do in your life and in, in people's life. And, and we love that. Great leaders see uh, how things are and how things can be. What great leaders do, they create the path, the steps, the strategy, the wisdom. They walk alongside people. People. But today what I want to talk about, like I said, is the most important part, and that's this, um, who great leaders are. I, I, I want to talk about today what I, I would like to call this. This is, this is the most important and the highest level of leadership, and this is this. It's that people will follow you because they want to, not because they have to. In other words, um, that so often what we're taught about leadership is it's positional leadership. Hey, you lead because I'm bigger than you. You lead. I, I'm, I'm in charge because I'm your dad. I'm in charge because I'm your boss. I'm your charge because I'm your teacher. And the idea is that people just use their authority to try to motivate people. I'm telling you something. That's not an effective tool. In fact, that's the lowest tool of leadership. But when you're the kind of leader that people look at your life and it's not because of your position, but it's because of who you are, and they follow you. Listen to this. Today I want to talk about how do you become a leader that people actually want to follow? Because the greatest, most effective way to get people from point A to point B, which is what we want to do, right? We want to take our children there. We want to take our business there. We want to take other people there, our marriage there, whatever it is. The greatest, most effective tool is this. You need to become a leader that people actually want to follow. And when you become that type of leader, listen to this, you will be the most effective at taking people where you know and believe that God can, can lead them. People will want to be around you. They will want to work for you. They will want to listen to you. And it's the most powerful form of leadership. And so um, what we've been doing each week of this series is we've been learning from what I believe to be or who I believe to be one of the greatest leaders of all time. It, it, it's a man named Nehemiah. And to kind of give you the backstory a little bit, uh, Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. He had incredible wealth and power and influence. And one day, even though he was Jewish, um, he was working for a foreign king. And one day some people came from his homeland. There they were in the Jerusalem, Israel area, right? And they come back and they tell him, hey, by the way, Nehemiah, everything in your home country is falling apart. All of the walls that, that kind of protect the people and the gates have been burned down. And so pe pirates are coming in at night and just pillaging the people. And they have, no, they have poverty and they don't know how to get out of it. The educational system isn't really working. The church really isn't working. 
working. People are terrified. Corrupt leaders have come in and taken advantage. And all the people are in disarray. And the land is falling apart. And they, have no, they don't know what to do. And they're discouraged. And when Nehemiah, this great leader, hears it, what so, I love about this hymn, he said his heart begins to break. He begins to be so sad that he's less worried about his comfort as he's sitting in the palace eating, you know, meals with the king. And he begins to go, okay, first of all, what do leaders see? Hey, I believe God can fix this. I have hope that this is the way things are, but this is not the way things have to be. I believe through leadership and God, we can change the circumstances, right? What leaders see, then what leaders do. He develops a strategy and begins to go to the king. Hey, king, I need this much timber. I need this much authority. I need this much time. I need this much money. He goes to the people. Hey guys, each family and situation is going to take this gate and this gate and this gate. And he develops a path or strategy to rebuild the walls. And they do it in about less than 60 days. And he transforms the nation, transforms the people and does incredible things and change the world as he know it. Remember there's power in leading well. But one of the things that we often miss in the strategy and the vision and the prayer is that what you ultimately discover about Nehemiah, and you're going to see this, was this, is that he ultimately was someone that people wanted to follow because he didn't necessarily lead out of authority. What he led out is his people that saw his life and go, I want to follow this man. And today we're going to look at three things he does that can help you become a leader that people want to follow. And I want to encourage you to begin to examine yourself here because I know a lot of us spend our lives frustrated. Why don't people follow? Why don't my kids listen? Why don't whatever it is, you know? And I just want to tell you something. I want to teach you some things that will help you be the kind of leader that people go, I want to work for you. I want to let, when your words, when you speak your words, they have greater weight and meaning. I'll never forget my father. There was a very successful businessman that was on this trip, this, this missions trip. And I was really surprised. This guy is like way, way, way up there and has all these companies. And, I, and I'm driving in a van with him. And I'm like, why did you come to Mexico to build a house? You could buy the whole village. Like, why are you here working? And he said something to me. He goes, well, when Bob Ba asks you to do something, you do it. And I was sitting there thinking that and going, well, what is that? that? That's a leader that people want to follow, not from an authority, not from that, but just from the person or the man that he is. And that is, by the way, you know, my father and mother such such a great example of that. So if you want to take notes, you want to be a leader that people want to follow, here are the three things. Here's the first thing. Leaders people want to follow is this, is they value other people's successes. In other words, so much leadership in our culture is me-centric. I want to build my company, right? I've got this dream and like a vision. By the way, there's nothing wrong with having a dream and vision for your company, for your life, for your family. But so often people center them leading other people and try to once again motivate them by what matters to themselves. Hey, I want you to work hard for my company. I want you to listen to me because this is how it makes me feel. I want you to do this because this is what my needs are. And if you really want to be a leader, it doesn't just lead from position, but leads because of the person that you are. You've got to make sure that you're actually you're actually wanting the people you're leading to be successful. It's not all about you. And I want you to see how Nehemiah demonstrates this. So Nehemiah is the cupbearer of the king, right? He, he's, he's, everything is going great in his life. He hears about what's going on. He sacrifices everything. Listen to this. He risks everything, goes on this journey. He's trying to get all the people. Hey guys, let's rally together. Let's change our nation. Let's change our world. Let's change your poverty. Let's change the situation that you're living in. And, and let's begin to rally together and build this wall. And in the middle of all this, I want you to see this. They're starting the wall. They're getting everything organized. The king's men are engaged. Like it's this most incredible project. It was a good project. You know, Nehemiah has his dreams and his vision and his plan. Some people come up to Nehemiah and say, hey, 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 I know you want me to build a wall, but I got to tell you what's going on in my life right now. 
See, what's going on in my life right now is when things got tough, some of the noblemen, some of the rich families, they begin to loan us money because we couldn't feed our families. But then they begin to charge us so much interest that what's taking place is we can no longer afford to live. We're having to sell off family members just to begin to survive or be thrown in jail because the rich noblemen in your country, instead of helping us, loaned us money. It's as high interest. They were basically enslaving us. And so these people come to Nehemiah, and they begin to say, hey, we, we need help in this situation. Now, here's what I want you to see. How easy would it have been for Nehemiah to go, hey, listen, man, I'm sorry. I, man, what you're going through, that's awful. But, but listen, we gotta, we got to build this wall, right? Like we got, we got the gates, they got to come up. And when we get the wall done and the gates done, then, then, I'll, then I'll deal with your problems, right? But we got to get this task. I mean, it's good. It's, it's going to change the nation. It'll change your life. I mean, this is so important right now. Let's focus on the task ahead. Let's get it accomplished. And then we'll circle back around and we'll deal with your personal problems. But notice what Nehemiah does here. And this is something that was very convicting and encouraging. Here's what he says. Oh, when I heard their complaints, I was very angry. <clears throat> and after thinking it over, I spoke out against these nobles and officials. I told them, you are hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. Then I called a public meeting to deal with the problem. What did Nehemiah do? You are more important than the task. What I've got is something big. Yeah, I'm going to change the country. I've got this vision. It's my dream. It's what I feel God's called me to do. And it's an epic task. It's going to help everyone around. But here's what I want to model when it comes to my leadership. Here's how I'm a leader that people want to follow. Oh, you're walking through this. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to put pause on my vision and dream to care for your personal needs. And here's my question. Would you want to follow him? This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Do you, do you see why people followed him, even though maybe he didn't have the authority or the position? People were like, man, we're going to go, we're going to battle for you, Nehemiah. We're going to pick up a sword and a shovel, and we're going to, we believe in you. We want to follow you. We're going to believe in you and listen to you. Why? Because he demonstrated it. Do you see this? He began to show, I am here for your success. It's not just my vision and plan. And I'm not just going to say that, I'm going to model it. So I'm going to stop what I'm doing because you know what? Because you matter. Can I tell you how? important it is to value the people you're trying to lead. In fact, there's two aspects to valuing people, and I want you to see this. The first one we often um, can often get right, sometimes not. The second one is where I want to spend my time, and that is the first way to value people is internally, and the idea is that you actually care for them. That, that you actually understand, especially if you're a follower of Jesus in here, and Jesus set the example for us on how to lead. We're a shepherd. A shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. A shepherd washed the disciples. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, you know, served them. And if we want to be a Christ-like leader, like internally, we got to love people. We actually have to care for them. We have to pray for them. We have to actually know what's going on in their lives and go, how can I help them? And those of you who are leading big organizations, you might not have to do all of it, but you can set that to make sure their leaders do that in their lives. You can create a culture and a company that actually cares for people, even though you might not have the ability to do it for every single person. But here's what I want you to see. This is so important. Is that a lot of people stop there. Do you love your people? Man, I just, I love my people. They're great people. I want, I want to see them. Here's what happens. But we keep it internally, and we never express it externally. In other words, you might feel it, but here's what I want you to see. They don't experience it. In fact, I want to look at this statement. This is so important. See, value that isn't expressed isn't experienced. You, you, could, you, could, you could be like on your knees every single day praying. You could be willing to do whatever you want for your son, your daughter, your husband. Your but if you're not expressing that in action and in deeds, by the way, even though you feel it, they're not experiencing that value, are they? They, they, don't, they don't feel valued even though you actually value them. In fact, you can say this. People aren't influenced by what you feel, but by what they see. Like it doesn't matter. 
what you feel if you're not expressing it. They, they can't feel what you feel. They can only see what you feel if you express it in those ways. What did Nehemiah do? I'm not just telling you, hey guys, I care for you and I'm, I'm, I want you to know that's why I've left the, you know, the palace and I'm doing all this because I care. He goes, no, no, I'm not just telling you that. I'm expressing it in an action. So I'm going to call this meeting together to show you that you matter. And so let me give you five tools. I want you to see this. You can use this with your children, in your company, in your marriage. Here's five tools to make sure that, once again, people feel what you feel or see what you feel. And here's five things. If you want to lead well, be a leader you want to follow, here it is. How can I help people see how I feel? Personal letters is a big one. I write a lot of letters. By the way, you, you know it's really me because that's really messy handwriting. And if we were going to fake it, we would have someone with good handwriting. Why is that? Because sometimes emails are quick. and That doesn't mean it doesn't work. But, but when you take that extra time to write that letter, uh, man, it, it really matters. Um, public acknowledgement is a big one, by the way. You, you ever be in a meeting and things go well in your, in your company, and it's so natural for the leader to go, guys, see, I told you we could do this, Look, and maybe take some of that attention. But when you actually call out publicly, look at, look at Barbara, look at John, look what they accomplished. Guys, I know we're sitting here succeeding right now. It's great. And I might be in the leadership position, but I'm going to deflect all that praise, and I'm going to hand it to someone else, and you publicly honor them. You think they don't want to follow that? Like, you think, how, you think they don't begin to believe in you as a leader? I mean, it's just, we as human beings, this is, this is what we don't do very much. You ever around, your, your Mother's Day today, so you're around your wife and you publicly praise her in front of friends, going, man, my wife's amazing at that. Like, see, these things matter, and what they do is they make people feel what it is that you feel. Just because you feel it doesn't mean they feel it, right? A text message and phone call is a great way. There's a lot, there's a few people that I pray for on a regular basis in this season of life. And what I'll do is I'll just text them. And by the way, I don't expect them to text back. I don't say, you know, I'm not trying to buy. It's just saying, hey, I want you to know I prayed for you and your business, your family, your children, whatever you're walking through. And I'll just take a few minutes because I'm praying for them. And after I pray for them, I want them to know, listen, they value, I value them. You matter to me. You matter to me so much. I stopped what I was doing and I sought the Lord on your behalf. But once again, if I don't express it, they don't feel it. A gift they love, this is a big one. I mean, this is a big one because sometimes we just give gifts, but we give gifts we love, not, not that they love. And so you need to find what, what, what really, what do they value? Like take some time, make it personal. Not just what you want, but this, I, I saw you looking at this, so I saved up for this and I got this for you and this is what you really love. Um, an opportunity that empowers. By the way, this is a big one. Like, so you say, oh, well, you know what? <clears throat> you've, been, you've done such a great job. That here's what I want to do. I want to give you this greater responsibility, this greater honor in life. Because once again, what's that showing? Hey, I value you. I value you so much. I want to empower you with more. And last, I would say is, it's just acts of service. Like, you need to find what it is that they really love. I'm a big acts of service uh, guy. And so sometimes you've got to act it. So once again, it's Mother's Day. Uh, moms, you can thank me later. So, so what, what, what does she like you to do? Clean the house? Wash your car, get out of the house with the kids so she can sleep. There's a lot of heads nodding right now. I'm just telling you, man, there's your sign. You're confused right there, you know? Um, my point is just actually, like my son. My son loves, 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 loves Minecraft. I would rather sit on glass than play Minecraft. 
But if I'm going to do something to show him his value, hey, let's go sit down and play Minecraft together. It is torture, but I do it because I love. See, we need to find what it is that people really want. And if you want to show them value, you need to express it in these ways. So I'm just challenging you this week. Listen to this. You want to go ahead and be a leader people want to follow. You want to show them they're valued. Ask these questions. Figure out how you can do all of these different elements and all of these things. And here's what you'll discover. The people will actually begin to go, oh, wow, they really care about me. And because I know they care about me, now they have the ability to speak into my life. Have you ever found someone that's done a lot of things for you and then they speak into your life? Aren't you more apt to listen than the person that's done nothing at all? So once again, you earn leadership. And so if you want to be a leader, people want to follow, you need to figure out a way to help people see how you feel. That's the first one. Here's the second one that we see, and that's this. Um, Leaders we want to follow value other people's success, and they do not expect trust. This is a big one. They earn trust. In other words... That there's an idea today in the world, or you, you should just trust me. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> in fact, how often do we see people break trust and we get behind the scenes and go, well, I should not have trusted you. So I'm saying this. As a leader and you're trying to lead people, you can't be afraid to actually have to do what it takes to earn people's trust. And if you want people to actually follow you, listen to this, especially the people closest to you, you've got to be willing to actually be the kind of person, private character, who you are. You've got to be the kind of person that earns trust. I want you to see this. And Nehemiah does the same thing. And once again, I want you the brilliance of his leadership. He was not just followed because he prayed. He was not just followed because he was brilliant. Oh, he was brilliant. He wasn't just followed because he was a visionary. He was followed. People saw in his life things that made them go, we want to follow you. Notice what happens again in Nehemiah. Remember, the people have come together. They've complained to Nehemiah. Hey, these rich people are taking advantage of us, and now we're poor. I mean, sell our family, and they're making all this wealth on us in this hard times. And here's what Nehemiah says to them. I want you to see this meeting. Then I pressed further, and I told them, hey, what you are doing is not right. And I want you to see this. So he tells them and confronts an area in their life that is off. He's trying to lead them to be better people so God would honor them. Listen to this. Should you not walk in fear of our God in order to avoid being mocked by enemy nations? Okay? In other words, God sees what's done in secret, by the way, as well, not just me. And I want you to know, what you did was wrong. I'm trying to change a behavior to lead them to a better life. I myself, notice this part. I myself, as well as my brothers and my workers, have been lending people money. We've been doing the same thing as you. What's the difference? And grain. But now let us stop this business of charging interest. And I want you to see what Nehemiah is saying is, hey, when I walked on the scene and I saw people in need, I leveraged my resources, but I did it not to take advantage of them, but what to help them succeed. See the difference? In other words, I didn't charge interest like you did, which is, by the way, was in the Bible. It was a command that God gave about charging each other interest and all of these things. Now, here's how I want you to see this. This is so important. In other words, what's that? Hey, I'm telling you to do something, but then I want you to look at my life to see I'm actually modeling exactly what I'm telling you to do. See the principle? And I, and I love this because notice the response. Remember, that's the goal of leadership. We want to take you from here to here. So there's things in their life that's causing God to not honor them. They're missing out on some blessing. They're doing things that are wrong. Nehemiah comes in and goes, hey, I'm the 
leader. I want to lead you to transform your heart, your life. I want God to bless you. I want you to help these people. I want you to change, right? That's what leaders do. I'm going to lead you here. And so he goes, so look at my life and notice what happens when they look at his life and see that he's earned trust. You must restore the fields of vineyards, olive groves and homes to them this very day and repay the interest you've charged when you lent them the money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. They replied, we will give back everything and demand nothing more from the people. In other words, Nehemiah, we trust you, so we'll follow you. We see it in you, and, and, and so we will follow you. In fact, there's probably people there going, Nehemiah's like, hey, I, Nehemiah loaned money to me. No interest, no interest. You see what I'm saying? See, he earned that trust. In fact, I love what happens next. As he's confronting these people, there's this statement that is made that I think is so brilliant, and I want you to see this. And they had nothing to say in their defense. This is the people that were taking advantage. Now, um, for every human being that's in another relationship, think about this. Have you ever noticed that every single time you uh, confront someone, if you will, about wanting them to change a behavior, what is almost 100% of the time the first thing they do when you tell them to change something in their life or they hurt you, did something wrong? What's the first thing they do? Don't they what? They, they deflect and look at you, right? Anybody ever have to say? Well, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, but what about when you... Anybody ever had that happen before to you? Just what I'm saying? Yeah. Everyone. But what about, but what about, Dad, you did. But honey, you did. My point is, the very first thing is, what do we do? We, we defend ourselves by deflecting from ourselves and pointing out what you're not doing. Isn't it fascinating that when Nehemiah spoke to them, what did, they, they had nothing that they could say. As they looked at his life and around all these public people that are seeing his life, by the way, the inside, they're seeing all these business dealings, they're tracking everything. And as they were doing all of these things, listen to this, there was nothing they could point at to deflect from their behavior because of what he was doing that wasn't right. And so what happened? So Nehemiah is able to lead them. I'm telling you something that's so important. When you earn people's trust and you begin to try to lead them, they will stop looking at everything else and look at themselves and actually you'll be able to lead them. It is so important to understand. We can't expect trust. We have to earn trust. For those of you that go, I wish my boss trusted you more. It's great. Here's the question. Have you been crushing what they have been giving you? In other words, it's great you want more trust, but have you earned it? Like, are you showing up on time? Are you fulfilling these things, doing the reports, doing things the way? Are you putting the company first? Like, children, I want my parents to trust me. Awesome. So, so how are you doing in your homework? How are you doing waking up? What about the choices that you're making and what you're watching and your relationships? My point is, we cannot be afraid to earn trust. We can't expect trust. We must earn trust if we want to be a leader that people want to follow and if we want more trust. In fact, um, in this church, I want you to, even as a pastor, I don't expect trust. I don't. In fact, we've all seen so many leaders that fail at run organizations like this. You can't, I don't expect, but I do want to earn it. And so one of the things that you'll look at my life and I'll go, this is why I created, even because I'm on the board here as well, and I created these systems around me and I, we'll create them around all of the, the future leaders one day when I retire. But one of the things that I created around me was, hey, I can't sign checks. There's not going to be a money. If there's a money problem, I'm ultimately responsible because I'm, you know, in charge. But it wasn't me that did it because I can't even sign a check at this church. And by the way, not only that, even though I don't take a salary from this church, um, the church credit card, anything that I spend on a church credit card is actually reviewed by a board member as well as a staff member, our CFO. And so what? There's accountability everywhere around me. I actually asked our CFO, I want a 360 uh, anonymous review of me. I asked it. 
I want the staff to be able to say, without worrying about being in trouble, this is what it's like to be on the side of me, and I want you to give it to the board who has the power to fire me. Do you see the principle? In other words, I don't want trust, but what I do is I will, I will once again, I don't expect trust, but I w- am willing to earn it, do the things that are necessary to make sure that people trust me, not because I expect it, because once again, I earn it. Same my home. My wife actually has the password to my computer and my cell phone. And she has my social media account on her phone. She doesn't do social media. She's smarter than me, but, but, but she doesn't do it, but she has mine. Not only that, there's a staff member that has access to all of the social media that I have. What am I doing? See what I'm doing? I'm not saying, just trust me. You know what I'm saying? Hey, let me earn this. Like, let me actually go out there and do what it takes. In fact, I remember there was a person that was selling their business and they wanted to give a lot. It would have been over a seven-figure type of gift to the church. So it's a lot, a lot of money. And I remember in this lunch meeting I had with this individual, and one of the things I said was, well, that's great. Um, here's, what I, here's what I want to do. I want to give you uh, my CFO's number for the church. I want to give you all of the, like, here's our giving records and everything, what we do at the church. Here's my giving records. I want you to see once again that I don't take anything. Here's what I do. And the idea was, hey, I don't want you to trust me, but I do want to earn your trust. Does that make sense? And, and see, we've got to get to that point in our life that if you want to be that kind of leader, you can do it. Now, here's a quick little statement for some of you. Some of you go, well, I already lost it. Well, listen, there's a statement that says that, right? It takes a lifetime uh, to build a reputation and one decision to destroy it. And there's truth to that. But here's the redemption. Listen to this. We, we, we have a God that redeems and forgives. And even Peter, the leader of the church, messed up pretty royally and God restored him. So there is restoration. But here's what I'm saying. If you messed up and you kind of blew that for a season, can I just challenge you? You can get it back. It's going to be hard. I'm not saying that. It's going to take time. But don't get frustrated if she still wants to look at your phone. Don't get frustrated if she asks where you have been. Don't get frustrated if they go, hey, I'm not putting you in that position yet. I'm going to make you earn this for a season. And I'm just challenged. I want to encourage you this. Just because you lost it doesn't mean you can't get it back. But it does mean you're going to have to earn it back. And I want us to understand something. You need to earn trust. You cannot expect it. And let me give you a couple quick tools in order how to, how to do this. And we'll go to the final one. Um, for, for a couple things. You need to do what you say you're going to do. I mean, that's kind of basic, but it matters. Do you know how many people are, have come through the years of my life and said, man, I'm frustrated. Why didn't you give me this more? Why didn't I get this promotion? Well, because I gave you a task and you didn't even do that. Why would I give you more? See what I'm saying? Like, if you want the trust, you need to earn it. Do what, what that you're going to do. Um, don't be different in private than public. Like, how often have we seen this lately in politicians, by the way, pastors, and all of a sudden, your, your private life becomes public. And by the way, somebody, oh, I can't believe the enemy exposed that. I don't think the enemy exposes it. I think God does. I think God purifies his church. And I think what God does is, I think there will be, I think God gives opportunities to repent 100%. And I think when we ignore those things, I think God actually exposes from the dark, brings it to light as a way of purifying his church. So listen, don't be different in private than public. Uh, Third, um, do the right thing even when you think no one is watching. Because by the way, God is watching and eventually somehow the world seems to find out um, four is create transparency with a few people in your life. This This is a big one people mess up with there. Is that we can't create transparency with everyone because not everyone is worthy of trust. But you need to have a few people in your life 
And you go, man, this is where I'm struggling in my marriage. Hey, this is, the, this is the battle I'm having, you know, personally that maybe no one else knows, but I need you to pray. I need you to hold me accountable for this. I remember someone came to me and goes, I, I was struggling with um, what I was watching online. I was struggling with, with the certain um, uh, um, a drug that I was using. And will you pray for me? And I said, yeah, I'll pray for you, but I'll do more than that. I'm not just going to pray for you. I'm going to call you every week for the next four weeks. I'm going to ask you, how have you done what you're looking? How have you done with your dating life with your wife? And how have you done with this? You know, because there's idea is there was something about having this transparency that helped this individual begin to get over some of these things in his life and become everything that God created them to be. If you want to be a leader that you can trust, someone has to know you. Someone has to. Like there's been, there was a person one day, because you know, I'm in real estate as I've shared before, and they saw some of the real estate dealings I was in, and they go, wait, how does a pastor have that? You know, they, they began to be upset about it because they didn't really know me. They just were checking the church out, and, and they, they did that. And so um, it was amazing. It was great. Because like, okay, no problem. We sent them to a couple board members. They met with them, showed them everything, gave them all this thing. And that same guy that began to question, listen to this, um, that, that saw because there's people in my life that could give them all of this information, ended up deciding to quit his job and volunteer and work for the churches like me for free. Do you see what I'm saying? But there's value in that. When people look behind the curtain and they see something, man, then you become a leader. Listen to this, that people want to follow. Don't expect trust. You need to earn it if you want to be a leader that people want to follow. And here's the final one, and this is a big one. That's this. Value other people's success. Um, they don't expect leaders, uh, they don't expect trust, they earn trust. And lastly, this is a big one, right? They lead by example. If you are trying to lead people, can I just tell you something, especially people closest to you, they are watching more than they are listening. This is one of the biggest things that I'm telling you something with leadership that we miss. And once again, it's different if you're like some public leader or whatever, that might be that they might not know you. But the people closest to you, you want the, if you want to be a leader, people want to follow. You need to lead by example. Can't say do what I say. You have to say do what I do. And once again, you see this in Nehemiah. He's trying to rally the people. And I want you to see why he's a leader that people chose to follow, not just because position, but because who he is. Look at this. I love this verse. Notice this Nehemiah speaking. Notice, notice the we's. We worked early and late. I didn't tell them to do it. I did it. From sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I always told everyone living outside the walls to stay through some. That, uh, that way they and their servants could help with the guard duty at night and work during the day. During this time, none of us not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, um, nor the guards who were with me ever took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. What do you see Nehemiah saying? I did everything I told everyone else to do. And so he's like, hey, we can do it. He's not sitting back in the palace eating grapes, being fan. You guys can do this. He's going, no, I'm gonna be there at dawn. And I'm going to be there with, a, with you know, with an with a axe in one hand and, and a weapon in the other. And we're going to be building these walls. And I'm going to be there in the morning. I'm going to be there. And what you, did you notice this, by the way? He did this in everything. So he says, hey, value people. This is why we need to build the wall. Stand up for your nation. But I'm not just telling you to value people. Watch how I hold this meeting to show I value people. You get that? Hey, I'm not just telling you to have integrity and do the right thing. Look at my life and my business dealings and I'm doing the right thing. And I'm not telling you to build the wall. I want you to follow me as I build the wall. Do you ever notice how Jesus often said, follow me? 
Don't just do what I tell you to do. Follow me. Hey, disciples, love one another as I have shown you. Oh, See, great leaders, people that want to follow, are willing to actually set the example because people are watching. Listen to this. Listen to this. So much more than listening. In fact, I want to um, share a story that um, just in my own family about this. Because parents, I want to encourage you for a moment right now. You can talk to your kids, teach your kids till you're blue in your face. But if you're not living what you're telling them to do, they are not going to follow. And your words, listen to this, are not going to have value. Because, right, because, see, our children see the real us, don't we? We can hide from a lot of people, put on the smile, but in home, they actually get a glimpse of who we are. And so in my house, we have a few family values that are big for me. And they're just, they're things that my wife and I sat down and we want this for our children a lot. And one of the the biggest values we end up talking about a lot because my kids mess up a lot (laughs) is this one. See, the the boss admit we are wrong, say we are sorry, and we make things right. And I teach this them over and over again. It almost seems like it's daily, just for the record, okay? And, and, and the reason why this is so important to me, what's my job? I'm the leader in their life. My wife and I are the leaders in their lives, right? So I want to take my kids from here. I want them to have wonderful marriages. I want them to have, be great in business. I want them to be great in ministry. I, I want them to have healthy souls. And here's what I have learned, is that human beings aren't good at this. Men are awful at this. A lot of heads bobbing again there. Man, oh man. It's Mother's Day. We'll let you get away with it, all right? And, and so we say this all the time. Why, why do we say this? Anybody ever had an employee and they mess up and you actually want to help them, but all they do is blame, it wasn't my fault, wasn't this? And, you know, they, they, don't, they don't take responsibility. They don't say they're sorry. They don't try to make it right. What happens? It actually becomes a lid to their success in business. How many relationships are here and, and the marriages start out and somebody messes up and they don't want to admit they're wrong. They don't say they're sorry. And a little brick in the wall because they get in that relationship. The next thing you know, these two people are living separate because we didn't, we didn't do it. It destroys marriages. It destroys, like, even with your relationship with God. You don't, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. Let me, let me confess my sin. And so this becomes a huge issue because naturally people defend themselves and blame everyone else. And so we built this value as a tool. So every time the kids mess up, the first thing my, my Scotty will say, you know, why'd you do it? Well, what about my brother, right, you know? And he's usually right. His brother messed up too. And then you talk to your brother. What about Scotty, right? So the natural inclination is this. And I go, man, if they don't get this right, this, is, this could cause a divorce. This could ruin the joy in their marriage. I mean, let's be honest. How many women here would love your husbands to do this? You don't have to raise your hand. Some of you are like, I couldn't even imagine that. But, okay. So, so a while ago, um, we, we were uh, having pizza at my house because it's literally the greatest food on the planet other than bacon. Well, you put bacon on pizza, which is what makes it great. And, and so we ordered Pizza Rocks because Pizza Rocks to me is the best pizza in this area. If you own a pizza restaurant, I'm sorry, but you're not as good as Pizza Rocks. Um, and so we were so excited. We ordered this Pizza Rocks. We have individuals and I get my, you know, bacon, pepperoni, ham, meatballs, uh, the fresh mozzarella cheese, all in this crust. I'm so excited of mine. The kids just do, you know, pepperoni. My wife doesn't whine. We all get our own pizzas. We're so excited. So we order this pizza. We, we get them in the table. The pizza's sitting there and I call the kids. Boys, they're out there jumping on the trampoline. Come on, dinner's ready. Go get some more drinks. Hey, boys, come on, dinner's ready. Jumping on the trampoline. Um, about the sixth time, they, they come in and sit down. And they, then they got up again, and they just weren't, they were like, the pizza's getting cold. That's like a crime, by the way, if you have a pizza, I shouldn't get that. 
And I, and I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. Like, I was frustrated. There was a little book on the table, and I just took the book and threw it on the ground. I told you guys to come in, and I kind of raised my voice, and I was just so frustrated. Their eyes got kind of big, because I don't usually do that. And, and, and we sit there, and, and we start eating the pizza. Um, and we're walking through that, you know. And those of you without kids are going, man, he has an anger problem. <laughs> and those of you with kids go, I feel you ought to throw in more in the book, right? Just, we all judge until we have them, and it is. It is. But see, here's what, here's what I want you to see. We have this on a piece of paper, and we talk about it all the time. But as I was eating the pizza, what I realized was, yeah, they were wrong, but so was I. And so I remembered, like, if I want them to follow me, it doesn't matter what I say if I don't do it. So as I'm trying to enjoy my pizza, and the Holy Spirit's knocking on my heart and convicting me, I stopped eating, and I said, hey, boys, listen. My wife's there, everyone's there. The dog was there to hear it. <laughs> and I said, hey, guys, I want you to know something. Um, Daddy was wrong. Like, I shouldn't have reacted like that. I'm really sorry. Hey, would you, would you guys forgive me? Now, here's my question to you. Do you think that has greater impact or the words you write on a wall? Here's my other question. If I don't do that, do you think these words on a wall mean anything at all to them? You see, listen to me. This is big. You, you have to set the example. Like, parents, you can't go, God is so important for you. I want you to focus on him, but we, re we really don't go to church. God is so important to you, but you don't need to go to youth group. Hey, God is so important, but, well, we don't really pray together. Hey, don't, don't, don't lose your temper. That's wrong. But then I lose my temper at you and don't say anything about it. Once again, we can all do it, but we don't acknowledge it. And my point I want you to see is, do you want to be a leader that someone follows? Then you have to be a leader that someone should follow. And we need to take that responsibility on ourselves because it doesn't mean we're perfect. Like I said, I messed up, but at least I owned it. Admit I'm wrong. Say I'm sorry. And once again, how can I make this right? Here's my challenge to you. I want you to see this. God has given you such an incredible power to lead. You can change your kid's life, your marriage. You, you can change your business. You can change what I think God, I think is spiritual as well. God, you know, you're faithful little God and trust with more. I mean, you have the power through leading well to transform your life and the life around you, your destiny and the destiny of those around you. But if you want to be that kind of leader, you have to be a leader that people want to follow. And if this is that kind of leader, here's a reminder of those three. Here's a few things I want to encourage you this week. Have some conversations together. Have some conversations with the Lord. Begin to write out some things, how you can do this, where you need to grow in. This is self-leadership, right? Leader that people want to follow. They value other people's success. How can you do that? What's the text message you can sign? What's the gift you should buy? What's the act of service you should do? What's the public acknowledgement that you can give? Like, how do you help people feel and see what you feel? Secondly, don't expect, trust, earn it. What are, what are the ways you can let them in? What are the ways you need to put some safeguards in your life to make sure um, that, once again, you've earned that trust? And lastly, you need to set the example. And listen to this. If you do this, I promise you, you, you will become a leader people want to follow. And your words will have weight far greater than they did before. And people will actually seek out what you say. They will see, and it will matter. And you will be a better leader. And that's how you lead well. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. First of all, Jesus, for setting this example as well in all of these things. God, thank you in your word. It's just so wise and brilliant that you teach us these things. God, and I just pray. I pray that you begin to encourage us and empower us to remind us the incredible ability you've given us to lead our, our families and our 
businesses and our relationships and our own emotions and our souls to just do a better place. But God, I just pray right now, we won't settle for being a leader of position or authority, but that we become a leader that actually people want to follow. God, I, I pray the closer people look, the more people are inspired. I pray that we set the example. And God, I pray we express how we love and value people because God, I know how much you value and love people and you express that as well in your own son on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.